Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, Engineer Al. Flav was meant to make an announcement during this episode, but he didn't, so for that he gets... Gunshot! Now that's dealt with, to the point. We are asking you, the listener, to send in voice recordings of yourselves saying your name and then why you hate the Woolwich Wanderers, the scum. Whatever you want to call them. And now I imagine that shouldn't be too hard. But to feature, you want to go for something quirky, alright? 
Something that gets my dick hard. Something that gets my dick hard. So if you get my dick hard, you'll be in the remix. So yeah, send your messages to thefightingcock at gmail.com from whence I will download them and compile the song of all songs. A song so inspiring, your dick will get hard or your vagina will open. Like a flower. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel surname. It's episode five, season four of the Fighting Got Podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Hello, mate. It's been a bad week, but I mean, this is what I've always said about the fighting cock is it's therapeutic, getting over things. I can deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. From you, Rick. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, I you're can deal with it. usually on your knees crying <laughs> after a game like like yesterday. I am, but we'll talk about it. So. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so we've got Ricky. Hello. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been alright. Apart from the result, average week. Yeah. Just. Work. T. Hi. <laughs> How's your I wasn't sure you going to ask me. <laughs> How's your week been? Yeah, it's been okay. I'm celebrating someone's birthday on um, Saturday. Not mentioning any names. Um, the game was a bit annoying, but we'll go into that. I've just about recovered actually from Saturday. Because I haven't recovered at all. I feel terrible. It was nice seeing you and your family. Yeah, well, it was nice for you to come down, T. Very lo- nice, loving start to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and we've got Adam Mickey, who is uh, what Spurs fan. I am. But also uh, wrote a book called Orientation uh, about... Actually, why don't you explain what it's about? Oh, well, 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 firstly, cheers, chats for having me on. Um, no so the book is about uh, how I ended up uh, finding myself um, in E10 watching Leighton Orient play football instead of going down White Hart Lane mm. and watching Spurs. Uh, reasons being, um, well, you can reel them off, the amount of money it's starting to cost. I mean, I was a member for years and years and years. And I was paying all the money for like season ticket, uh, you know, waiting list and all of that. Yeah. And it just got to the point where I was like, I was going to maybe five, six games a season. And I thought, what am I getting for my membership? I'm getting a pin badge and a scarf. And then the next season, it'd be a pin badge. Season after that, it'd be like a DVD, like that they'd just knocked together for a, you know, a fiver. It was just whittling down the amount of stuff I was getting for my membership, apart yeah. from the promise maybe that I might one day sit at White Hart Lane. Um, and I realised even if I did do that, I wouldn't be sat with any mates because none of my best mates are Spurs fans. Yeah. Um, and some mates of mine, I don't know if it says more about my choice in friends, they're uh, the Gooners. Uh, they had a very similar thing with their club. Um, so we kind of looked at the maps where we were. You know, I was living in East London, I still do. Uh, I went, oh, let's, you know, let's go down Orient. It was actually, we, um, we walked up to a game, uh, it's my birthday a few years ago, it was a Leeds United game when they were in, um, in League One, when they were sort of managed to drop all the way down. And uh, we took about 10, 15 people that day. And we were just sat around going, why don't we do this more often? Mm. You know, we're all football fans. We all turned out to watch this game. Why don't we do this more often? Yeah. And it just went from there. All right, so we're going to definitely come on to that. We're going to have a whole section of the podcast talking about why you wrote the book and, 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 and the change you made. And like you say, you're still a Spurs fan, obviously. You, I am. You can tell that from reading the book that you, you mention Spurs often and, uh, and you know talking about specific games that you missed because you went to Orient. Um, but yeah, we'll talk more about that. But first, the first thing we want to do is we all ha- always have, what we always do when we have new guests on the show, 
Uh, we've got a few questions for you. Nice. Okay. All right. So, what was your first game at Spurs? First game at Spurs or first Spurs game? Yeah, first Spurs game. First Spurs game uh, was about October '91, and it was Upton Park, and you, we lost two-one. Did you go with your dad? I went with my granddad. Yeah. It was a West Ham season ticket holder for oh, that's right. years and years and years and years. Um, same seats, best honestly, the best seats in the house. They were literally, you know, the it's, it's the oldest stand yeah. above the um, what was it the chicken one? Yeah, right on the halfway line, right at the front. Incredible seats, and uh, yeah, so I saw Gary Lineker there. He scored, but we lost two one. So you uh, you was watching West Ham, and you thought, and your granddad obviously. I was, was actually West Ham. I was actually there with my granddad, and we were there to watch West Ham. Yeah. We weren't there to watch Spurs, and I went, I quite like this team in the white, <laughs> and uh, yeah, because it had just been uh, the World Cup. You know, and so Gazza had been on there. He was injured for that season. Gazza was there. Lineker was there, and I love Lineker. I absolutely love Lineker from uh, from New England then. And um, I thought, oh god, it's Gary Lineker. God, I'm literally, you know, about ten yards away from him, and just fell in love with Spurs. Absolutely yeah. fell in love with him. And I just so happened I had two mates at, um, at school at the time who were big Spurs fans. All their family Spurs fans. So it just meant I got to go go back to school on like the Monday and chat about Spurs. Yeah. Um, you know, and at the time, no one. I spoke about West Ham, so what was I going to talk about? Oh, I'm going to go and see this West Ham game, so I don't care. Well, yeah. one of the, you know that kind of cliche that you, you don't choose your football club, your football club choose you, and, and to go to West Ham, because it's a passionate ground, it was it then, is. it still is now to a certain extent, um, uh, and, and Spurs kind of shone out of that, what would have been kind of shit. I, did, oh, I remember that, but they played such good football that day, yeah. despite losing, and that has to be <laughs> like that's synonymous with Spurs from then on. Yeah, you know, well, and before that, before I even started sporting them, yeah, play yeah. good football, probably lose occasionally. Who's your favourite Spurs player ever? Mm. Probably Anderton. Really? Yeah, I loved Anderton as a kid, and then Ginola as well. So the two of them are very hard to choose between. I lo- I loved Anderton as a kid as well. Did you? Yeah, I, I did. I, I I reckon I was a bit. Well, I'd say I'm older than you, actually. So I, I I didn't quite appreciate him during his time. But I was speaking to my brothers and my dad and that, and they they always talked about how good a player he was if he wasn't injured all the time. But what do you think about it, and T? Um, he was good. Actually, liked him for England more than Spurs, funny enough, at the time, which is very odd because he always scored for England. He had a very good scoring record. It's unavenables that he was particularly good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But he was actually and and. When he wasn't at Spurs, because he was at Portsmouth, That's right. he scored like two amazing goals against Liverpool yeah, in a semi. In a semi. Uh, they obviously didn't get through, but it was from then I was like, God, who's this player? Who's this Anderton? And then Spurs signed him. I was like, oh my God, like that's it. Yeah. Uh, but he used to wear number nine. I remember that. I've got a, that blue Holston sort of way shirt about 94, 95 with Anderton nine on the back. I've still got it. Was it dark blue? Dark blue. Like the pe- purple. purple. Like, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, uh, Darren Anderton is your favourite foot spur- uh, all-time Spurs player. Best experience at a game? Uh, Chelsea at home, two thousand and six. The Dawson goal. The Dawson and the Lennon goal. Yeah, I was in the park lane for that, and that was unbelievable. You there, Rick Winyer? Yeah. How was it? Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. It was. It was surreal, wasn't it? Didn't it? What were we doing beating Chelsea? Twenty we're, years, wasn't it? We hadn't beaten the top four team, I think, before that game. In in uh, God knows how long. It was something like twenty. Years and years and years. We'd never beat anyone decent. Obviously, it's gone a bit that way recently, especially after last. I forget it. Yeah, so we'll, talk, we'll come on to Liverpool. Um, and uh, what's the biggest animal you could cling film to a lamppost? Do I have a amount of cling film and a time limit on that? Or no, anything you can manage. Uh, a panda, I reckon. No way. Wow. Panda. Panda. And I, I, will, I will tell you my reasoning why a panda. Go on. 
they have, you know, they don't have a lot of energy after time. They're quite a docile <laughs> creature. So you think a minute, if you can get through the first minute and then putting up a bit of a struggle. I've never ripped your arm off. You've got a, well, you know, as long as you get through that, you've got a very good chance of getting the, uh, the cling film around that. You've got to lift it up off in. the floor, though. It's not like, it's got to go in the middle of the lamppost. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Give me a panda, we'll go outside now. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I thought, I've been thinking about this, and I, I thought, um, I reckon I could cling film a Labrador to, uh, to a lamppost. Pretty, I, I think what, my, my technique would be if I bend my knees and they'd get the lap, Labrador on because they're docile creatures aren't they they're friendly dogs get them on my knees and then use the technique of wrapping it round <laughs> and then enough cling film and you'll keep it up well that's what I was going for with a panda but I, obviously there's a, a bit more effort to get him onto your knees first <laughs> and you have to fight the claws and the teeth <laughs> it is a bear it is after all <laughs> Uh, do you mind holding this bit of bamboo? <laughs> Want to chew? <laughs> chew I'm just going to go around your back and come back and forth. So you'll get no energy out of that bamboo, mate. You're going to be knackered. Very shit loads of it. Rick, well, you, what could you do? Fuck knows, man. I think the most I could muster is a Yorkshire Terrier. <laughs> That's it. And even though they're yappy cunts as well. Yeah, they're nippy. Yeah, they so are nippy. I don't know. It's a difficult we'll one. You got nothing to eat? Maybe, maybe a greyhound. A greyhound? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's skinny. big as well. That's bigger than a Labrador. Yeah, but they're skinny. Got no meat on them. True enough. All right, so we've established your credentials as a Spurs fan, more or less. Uh, so um, we, we, let's deal with Liverpool. And we're not going to talk about this for ages, don't worry. The next hour of this podcast isn't going to be spent talking on that absolute misery. But given it's more or less, you know, 24, 36 hours since the game took place and finished... How do you feel about it now? Still a little bit upset. Are you? Some, 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 some of the residual amount of um, disappointment is still, still, still there. Still festering. Yeah, I've not. I've actually only, I only saw the goals and the and the penalty this morning, so I didn't see it. I didn't see much of the day last night. But we were saying all of last week that it was a litmus test game. It's going to show us how far we've come. <laughs> and so we've basically walked to the end of the street. <laughs> well, it, it was 3 0, not 5 0, so that's a, two goals chalked off already. That's yeah, progress. We, we lost, the first game was 5 0, the game at Anfield was 4 0, 3 0, so you know, a couple progress. more games. Hey. Progress. Get down Labrooks for 2 0 in uh, April. Yeah, Brooks. absolutely. Um, I, 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 was, I was not in a very good state on Sunday because it was my birthday on Saturday night, and I did kind of drift in and out of consciousness. I kind of. Whenever the, the uh, commentator screamed, I, I woke up, uh, and that was it was like a nightmare, a horrible nightmare. But um, from what I did see, it, it was kind of like everything that we hoped we would be, Liverpool was. Yeah. They, they were essentially brilliant at closing down and pressing, uh, and that's definitely the system that Pochettino wants to play. And Liverpool have had two years of experience of it, basically. Um, so that, that's kind of... And then, and then we lost 3-0, two huge mistakes... The penalty will come on to. I just think it, it was kind of if if it, if the game was going to go, if you predicted it and, and and you know you wanted to take all the variables out, it was likely to go that way. It was just a shame that it did. Um, <clears throat> if you're reading the papers and you're seeing that a Liverpool masterclass, and they'll have you believe that they absolutely destroyed us. Um, I went to the game and. A lot of you probably saw the game as well. <clears throat> and I really don't think there was that much of a difference in parts. Um, to concede within like seven minutes, the first half, and then ten minutes in the second half, is always going to kill any game, no matter who you're against. It's always going to be an uphill 
uh, struggle. But um, when we went 1-0 down, we had the chances with Adebayor and Chadley. Yeah. And if Chadley would just put the ball lower... Anywhere but up straight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's one all. Um, but then it's kind of like... I could see us pressing. I could see us really starting to, uh, to press high up the pitch. Um, I could see us creating chances. I could see us getting back into the game. And then you come up to the second half and you're like, right, kind of, we're going to go at this again. The, the fans are going to get behind the team. It's going to get the momentum going again. And I could see us, like, you know, getting a goal. But then as soon as that penalty came along, um, and I looked for a lot of the people, the, 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 the players on the pitch yeah. um, and some of the fans around, it, it was uh, an injustice. So it was kind of like your head's dropped from there. Mm. It's kind of like, for fuck's sake, and then you're chasing the game and you lose possession in a dangerous area and they scored the third goal. And the third goal... Um, you know, we had the our defence was completely. Um, a lot of the lads were out of position, and they were chasing back. And you've got a choice either to to go to the player or or go for the guys that are going to be sneaking in at the back post. And I think they all thought that he was going to put the ball across, and someone was going to tap it in. It was a great. Uh, it's an absolutely unbelievable finish. I mean, what Townsend was doing, I don't know in that in that area. I mean, that was all down to his personal error. It, it was, but I'm not going to lambaste lambaste him for that. But um, because sometimes you lose the ball and, and sometimes, you know, you get away with a l- yeah. lucky streak and sometimes... Did Dyer overlapped him? Is that what happened? Where, where uh, was... I, th- I, I think Dyer had come inside. Hey! <laughs> 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 uh, what do you think? So I agree with Ricky that, that I know there's, there's a bit of a wankfest going on now about Liverpool. Um, and it what yeah, they played well. But the thing that really troubled me was in the second half, they didn't really have to do an awful lot to, to maintain... Not just two nil, but then three nil. There was absolutely no ideas. As soon as he took Ericsson off, um, it just every, every idea went. Yeah. Um, and the fit. I've got a major issue with a couple of players, and I don't want to single them out. Um, but it's the type of players that they are, and they're brainless players. Yeah. They're heads down players, and they're people like Danny Rose and Andrews Townsend, who are, they could. I, I, I use air quotes. They could be very good players. I think they've got a little bit of ability in there. But as it stands, they're head-down players. They'd rather charge on forward without really thinking about what they're going to do with the ball. Um, it was, you know, we had, saw it towards the end of the game when Townsend, every time, you, you know what he's going to do. And particularly when he's on the right-hand side, he's a left foot and he's cutting in. He's going to cut in and he's going to get blocked off. Or he's going to go outside and he's going to get shepherded off the pitch. And it happens so often. Um, but uh, I saw plenty in the first half that suggests that even within two, three games, that Pochettino's ideas are really, really starting to sink in. Yeah. And I, at half-time, I was like, should be 1-1, could be 1-1, <laughs> could have been 3-0. Yeah. But I could see us, you know, on a sort of an upward trajectory. I thought we looked really good. And I thought the only difference between Spurs and Liverpool that day was the fact that they've had three seasons now of that technique bedding yeah. in, and we've had three games. What, what I found frustrating was um, a lot of the second balls, they were always there first. And every time they lost the ball, they were always looking to get the ball back. And um, it was, I mean, I think, as I said, and as I said yesterday, I don't think I said that on Twitter, was that, I just think they're at a level that we want to aspire to in terms of the style of play. And the only way we're going to really accomplish that style of play is to stick with Pochettino for a season or two. We're going to have results like yesterday, but I think we need to suffer that to... For us to improve. Remember Rogers, the first season, he was just, he, he was the butt of every joke. Yeah, yeah. he's a laughing stock with the, the Liverpool TV show, remember, exactly. remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah the envelopes he, and all that. He was a joke. And 
he kept saying, a fair play to him, you know, because he got a lot of stick. He kept saying, no, I believe in this. I'm going to stick by this. And look, look where they are now. They are a better side than us. And you have to hold your hands up and go, they are. Yeah. The one thing that, that really disappointed me, I mean, <clears throat> like we're losing 3-0 and that's... Individual areas, you'll get punished in the Premier League, and especially against teams like Liverpool. Um, but when it was like, I think it was 65th minute, 3-0 down, 70th minute, I don't know. But we still had a lot of time to kind of chase the game and go and, and like really attack them. And you know they're going to sit behind and they're just going to be waiting for it and just waste time and stuff like that. I don't even think we had a shot on target yeah. or anything. No, it One in the whole game. It, it was like, yeah. come on, lads, fucking someone have a go. I, I was actually really impressed by Lamella. Um, I know he had a bit of a stinker, yeah. by all accounts, but the fact that he kept wanting the ball, he wasn't yeah. shying away. I mean, any, another, I can think of plenty of players that Spurs have had in the past who'd have hidden behind like someone a lot bigger and better than them. Mm. But he was like, no, give me the ball, give me the ball. And he kept looking up and there was no one in front of him. Mm. And there was no one to the side of him. Adebayo, if you're going to be... Uh, the central striker say central Yeah, we've, we've got Chad Lee who's going to stay on the left leave him to do that job he does it perfectly well and Lamella's going to come in from the right let him do that job stay central there was so many times like it, you know I've given Rose a bit of a hard time but there's a few times he got to the got to the byline looked up looked in the box and there was no one there mm. you're like what, what are we supposed to do but well, I think that's probably to do with some some of the Pochettino's system because Adibai did that really well against QPR he's running the left channel and it did work so it's it's, it's a tricky one how you gauge it, but what, like, as what you said about the, despite the fact we were losing in the first half, there was enough there to show that there is a system. And, and with Rogers, what he does well, I mean, he's a, a bit of a joke and he's a bit of a plank when you listen to him talk, but he knows his football. He's a good manager and he's established a philosophy as, uh, uh, um, at Liverpool. And I think Pochettino will do that at Spurs. We just got to accept the fact that sometimes against the very good teams, our pressing game ain't going to work in the same way as it would against stuff or teams like QPR. On, on a broader scale as well, even though Rodgers is Northern Irish, he was, you know, he did learn his football in England, in the lower leagues, and with Chelsea, so there's no reason why we can't have an English coach who can be as good as Rodgers is. And I think it shows that, you know, we often talk about there's not enough um, coaches over there with for badges, and he shows it can be done. There's, there's quite a lot of people, and there's a lot of coverage in the press now, people saying how Spurs crumble against the big, big teams. There was a kind of... Against QPR, there was quite a lot of individual errors that were still in the game. And, and 4 0, it was a fantastic result. But you think of that chance that, um, what's that fellow had when he was clean through? Phillips yeah. and Zamora or someone towards the end of the game. It could have been 4 2, it would have been a very, very different story. The difference between playing teams like QPR, with all due respect to them, QPR, um, West Ham, you know, we got we scraped through that game. Yep. The difference is when you make mistakes, you get punished by, you know, really good teams. those really good teams. And we will probably end up sick because of it. Because there's, I haven't seen anything to suggest that those mistakes aren't going to not be there at the end of the season. Well, I think we're playing such an attacking game and a, and a kind of expressive game that these mistakes are, are going to happen. They're not even mistakes, they're chances that happen in football. Unless you're playing a very kind of defensive team as we did on ABB and then we saw we got panned three or four times last year. I'm scared um, about the Chelsea game though. I don't, I don't think we play them for now but... Don't be scared. What cost... I mean, if Kabul was still our first choice centre-back when we played Chelsea... I don't think he will be. All right, he let's, was, talk, let's talk about Kabul. Fuck me. He, he was terrible yesterday. He was awful. Um, and I was an apologist for him because we got a clean sheet against um, West Ham and, and QPR and I thought, well, that's, some of that's got to be down to him because he's, he's our centre-back after all but yesterday he just kept... He get the ball. He give it back to Lindus. Invites more pressure. That and, was twice uh, that he, he he delayed passing on the ball and lost the ball. And he did it against West Ham as well. And like you said, against a better team, as Liverpool showed, you lose the ball and you get punished. When the first time when he came to Spurs, 
<clears throat> he'd done exactly the same thing when he was playing centre-back. Liked to play a bit of the ball, show that he could pass. And But I don't know whether it's going to be... when it's If it will be when he's uh, match fit, sharpness. He's been out for ages, um, judging when to, when to pass it. I, I, don't, I don't know, but... Um, I still think he's a very useful squ- uh, you know, squad player, and he, you know, if he does get back to his uh, to the to the form and fitness that he was, uh, you know, I think he's going to be pushing for a first team place. Got Cabal? Yeah. Oh, he's in. He's fucking captain. That's a, that's never from that's never. I think that people always look at back fours and say, "Well, they kept clean sheets, so they're doing all right." So I, I never ever look at clean sheets for that. Mm. How many chances are they giving away in a game? Yeah. If you're giving 15 chances away, and you know the guy can't hit a cow's ass. That's not down to the defence being any good. It's down to their, def- their attackers being shit. Um, and that's, that's where Kabul's at at the moment. Yeah, you've got two clean sheets in a row. Yeah. But how many chances does West Ham have? How many chances does QPR have? Yep. That's it. Um, and then there was the Chadley miss, which he, you know, we talked about. He hit straight at the keeper. And then directly after they scored, Adibayor looped it over the bar. If we'd have scored those two goals, it would have been a different game. It's what football's about, to be honest. Yeah. It wasn't as... We, I mean, we get, we didn't get destroyed like some of the papers would have us believe. And the wank fest over Liverpool before the game in Balotelli. This is the reason why I hate Sky so much, it's, and I don't subscribe to Sky. It's unbelievable, it really is. It's like they've got nothing. I, I, I was I was listening to what people were saying on Twitter, and and the stuff that I have seen of Sky, it's just it's embarrassing. It's almost like oh, we've got this narrative, Sky Sports narrative. Balotelli's back. That's all we've got. Let's not talk about football. Let's talk about how Balotelli's back. And the guy, I mean, the guy's a good player, don't get me wrong, but he should have scored three goals probably at the weekend. He weren't that great. I thought, I thought he did all right. But he, he did all right. He looked like he lacked a bit of match sharpness. But I think he'll, yeah. he'll, get, he'll get a hat full of goals. But if Suarez was still at Liverpool, would have been 3 0 down. Yeah, before, he would have destroyed before that. Before Chad led that chance. When Lois came off his land like a madman, I just. Yeah. Suarez puts that away all day long. <laughs> Do you and, have... and another thing. I I refuse to believe that Laurie's played in any other position other than a goalkeeper because he can't kick for shit. It's so annoying. He was he struggled yesterday, but the first two games he, he's he's passing was. Well, he's an amazing keeper, but his kicking is just. But he's what, kicking in the yeah, first two le- games. Le- yeah, leading on what from uh, what T was saying in the first half, their pressing game was incredible. It was yeah. Um, and every time, even when the ball like we had nowhere to go, and the ball would go back to Larice, and and they were just coming for Larice, and when he was kind of trying to. Pass it out. Yep. Um, every time dropping to a Liverpool player, it was shit kicking. Let's quickly uh, touch upon the penalty. Just around the table, was it a penalty? Had a begrudging yes. I think it was a penalty. I was appalled by the dive, but it was it was it probably was a penalty. It would be given. What do you reckon, Rick? Uh, most definitely. Where it happened, it was straight in front of me. I saw his arm come out, and I and I heard the clasp of his hand on. Uh, is it Joey, Joey. Joey Allen's chest? Yeah. And, I, and I heard it. And Is after he that... Is he Joey Allen? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Joe Allen, his name is. We've been talking about Sky Sports. I'm getting into that whole yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it hit Joe Allen's chest. And I, and I heard it clear as anything. And when the ref blew uh, for, uh, for the penalty and he pointed to the spot, I mean, loads of people were jumping around me. And I, just, I knew straight away that that's a penalty. Mm. And whether or not to say it's a dive, it wasn't a dive, yeah. he's a grown man, he shouldn't have been, you know, he should never have hit the deck. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. And it would never, you know, I'm five foot six and it wouldn't have put me to the floor. I know. But with that contact, people are going to go down and win a penalty. All those people who are jumping around were also in the head going, you dickhead, why yeah. did you do that? 
And they know, they know it's a penalty. Yeah. When, and, I, I, when I was watching it, I thought, I thought that's a dead cert penalty. Yeah, and that's the thing that annoyed me. You're like, not, not now, not then, not right at the start of the second half. I mean, you know, just, just almost equalised just before the you know, end of the first half. Don't do that there, because he's always going to go down. The thing is, you look at the replay, and I've seen it probably about 100 times, because loads of people are posting that vine on Twitter, and um, it, the more you look at it, the less kind of contact and the less kind of deliberate it was. Uh, but when I first saw it, that's what I thought. Penalty. And the, the referee's going to think the exact same thing. So what do you think it was, Ben? I was at the, I was at the Paxton then, so I didn't really get a good look Couldn't at see, it. Couldn't see, no. But um, from the replays, as I said, in the laws of the game, it's a penalty, so it's not worth me... Arguing if it's, if, if it's the laws of the game, it's the laws of the game. It was, it's like, like Carl Norton. It was a soft penalty, but there was definite contact. I heard it, mm. uh, and you know, people say, "Oh, whether he's entitled to go down or not, whatever." But it was a penalty. I mean, it's easy for us to say, "Stood in this pod," but don't give the ref an option to do it. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was just naivety. He's in the guy. What is he? Twenty-one. Well, is it? Look, it's a kind of mistake a young player makes. Precisely. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to you, Adam, and uh, the book. We talked about it a little bit before. Um, the, the, the first thing, actually, I want to ask is um, what? Uh, there's tons and tons of football books out there. How did you go about getting? What, what, what made you write the book? Uh, so, because I suppose the content of it, you know, I, I, I had had the, um, the Spurs membership. Spurs had just got in the Champions League, and we, I'd gone. Do you know what? I'm going to go and get a season ticket to League One. Strugglers late in Orient. Um, I thought, do you know what? This sounds a bit daft when you look at it in the cold light of day. It's like, why did you start? thinking about that but I just started taking notes for the season I didn't have an idea about what it would be called I didn't have an idea about whether it would get published I just went I'll keep some notes I'll see what happens because it's an interesting even if I don't do anything with it it's an interesting season so uh, you know an interesting idea so I kept a note of everything that was going on there was stuff going on in my life at the same time there were loads of things it was kind of I look back on it now and there's so much went on in that year I kind of think it was almost meant to be but um, so that, that's kind of where it started yeah and I mean, the obvious question, you know, as someone who is a Spurs fan, most most fans belong to one club, and I'm sure you've been asked this before. But what? what I mean, how easy is it? To, I mean, do you, what, are you a Spurs fan or are you an Orient fan? I am both, and I, I've absolutely no issue saying I am both uh, because there's plenty of room for both. I mean, the, the, unless there's a huge uh, drop off in Spurs performances and or a huge uplift in Orient, we're not going to see each other. We're not going to meet. Um, you know, obviously there's the cups, but I think we've maybe met each other once in the last 15, 20 years. So I felt pretty safe. I felt that there was one club and there was another club. They were very different, very different characteristics, very different type of club, different leagues, etc. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I do very much consider myself a Spurs fan. They still wind me up. They still do my head in. I still love them. Uh, you know, you can't. I, I won't ever get rid of that. And going to the Lady King testimonial was the first time I've been back to the lane for I think four years, mm. and I just instantly just got tingles. I brought my wife with me who doesn't like football really. She likes going to games. Uh, she's actually she went to um, a game years ago. We the Olympiacos friendly. I don't remember that pre-season. Yeah, yeah. she came with me to that oddly. Um, but uh, I took her along, and I just said, I oh, I miss this so much. I really miss it. Um, what, 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 give us just some of the reasons why because obviously anyone listening to this who don't know, hasn't yeah. read your book would, would kind of think it's a, it's a weird thing to do Yeah. so what, what is it about football or what is it about the Premier League it, or was it Tottenham that thought I can't do this anymore it wasn't Tottenham that, I think that's the first thing I'd say it wasn't Tottenham although Tottenham are part of a kind of bigger issue uh, with, with modern football 
Um, it was a real mixture of things. I suppose I, I looked at it, I wanted to go and watch regular football and I wanted to go and watch regular football with mates. Um, and as I said at the top of the pod, I, you know, I don't have loads of Spurs mates. Um, I've got lots of football mates, you know, good mates who love their football. We were never going to go and see eye to eye. Um, was never going to go and watch Spurs week in, week out, something I'd love to have done. Uh, so there was that factor, actually going along to games, you know, it's not just the kicking the ball around bit, it's the before bit, it's the after bit. Um, and then, of course, there's the price of it. And, you know, oh, I could talk to I'm blue in the face about the price of football. It's absolutely disgusting. And it will, until they sort that out, um, I will be going to Tottenham. Uh, sorry, be going to Orient. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the, uh, the new stadium, uh, whether that will make any difference to prices. Probably not. I'm probably being a bit naive to think that it might. But until they sort the prices out, um, I, I'd like to think I could take my son or daughter to Spurs um, as it stands. They'll be going to Orient. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've noticed that you gave up Spurs in the Champions League season. I mean, how was that? You talked about the Inter Milan game. Oh, mate. That was... I mean, you think you found a stream for that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I found a stream for it, and that was one of the most agonising games of football I've ever watched. Um, but it, part of me, I just... It was all we were doing really badly at the time. Yeah. And I was like, Christ, what have I done here? You know, I, I could literally be sat at White Hart Lane right now watching this happen, watching... Was it Van der Vaart score first, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. I could have watched that. And I'd have probably just, you know, would have had the best night of my life. Um, but then, once the game is finished, you know, we'd won and I was ecstatic about it. I kind of went, okay, I could have been there, but then I wouldn't have been there next week, and I wouldn't have been there the week after, and I wouldn't have been there the week after that. And if I had been there tonight, I'd have probably maybe met a mate beforehand, had a beer, gone to the game, gone straight home again. I wouldn't have had all of what I'd had. Um, up to that point at Orient I wouldn't have had the beers in the supporters club I wouldn't have had the love I mean I ended up um, it's in the book I ended up on the pitch on Sky doing that stupid whatever it's called yeah. Uh, yeah. Take, yeah. It take it like a, a fan take it like a fan you know those type of things that never ever have happened at Spurs ever what, what are the differences then from say a club in the League One Orient very local club essentially the people that do support Ars- um, Orient I'm going to say Arsenal because many Arsenal fans go down and watch them as they do Barnet and Spurs fans do as well. But what, 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 what's the difference between, is it more sanitised at the Premier League or is it, is it more, do you feel more included at the or- or- Orient or what? I think it's the word club in football club. Um, I've been to Spurs so many times, but I never think I'm a part of a club. You know, I've, I support this team. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel at one with all the people I'm sitting around with. It's like you're a client of a, mem- uh, of a company. I'm a, I'm a customer reference number. I'm someone who's... I'm a bum on a seat. Yeah. Um, never ever once felt like that, Orient. Mainly because you look around on match days and you probably see just as many empty seats as you will full ones. Yeah. Um, so the fact that it is, it is a club. Um, it's a proper club. I mean, the year that I went there, they got to the fifth round of the FA Cup. That million pound that they got broke even for that, for Orient for the first time in God knows how long. I mean, you can imagine that at Spurs. You know, oh, we've broken even because of an FA Cup game. The amount of community spirit around that one game was absolutely outrageous. It was an amazing game. It was against Arsenal. Do you remember? There's a one all. Yeah, yeah, all. yeah, yeah. That was honestly one of the best experiences of football I've ever had. So, is there any merit in the fact that you do like people do stick to one club? I mean, obviously, you love Orient and you love Tottenham, and the reasons why you've gone to, uh, you know, essentially changed not changed clubs but moved on to, to, to someone else. Is it about? 
belonging to a, a, a bigger thing. Yeah. And, and whereas previously you didn't you, belong. Kind you've of. got to feel connected to the thing that you're supporting. You invest so much, you know, whether it's financially or emotionally, you invest something in it. You want to get a little bit of something back, even if it's just a kind of occasional glance and a th- sort of thumbs up. But we, sp- I mean, I've absolutely no doubt that there are hundreds and thousands of Spurs fans out there who have exactly what I have now at Orient at Spurs. Yeah. There was no chance of me getting that, and that was the that was a thing. And I, I looked at the way that football was going. I looked at the way that Spurs were going. The things that Sky were doing. I mean, it's transfer deadline day, and everyone's going mental about stuff that's not even happening. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous yeah. the amount of stuff that goes on outside of the fact that there are twenty-two geezers having a game of football. Mm. It's it boggles the mind, and I, I was fed up with it. I, I couldn't be bothered with it anymore. Do you know what I actually think? I think um, there will be people listening to this and they're thinking, how, how, can, you, how can you change club? How, how can you go and follow someone else, especially one with a red shirt? That's, that's the issue. Yeah, right? no, I, I, yeah, I see that. <laughs> but um, the, 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 the way you make things change is by not paying, not paying into the, to the, to the game. Um, if you have an issue with ticket prices, don't pay them. People, a lot of people are moaning about £64 for Arsenal away, which is a f- shitload of money to pay. If you have an issue with it, don't pay. And you know, you might say, I mean, the obvious response to that would be, well, someone will take my seat. But if enough people think the same way, then less people will take the seat. There'll be less people going into the ground. And eventually, the people that own Premier League clubs will realise that the model that they've adapted, and it will happen, doesn't, it, it, it doesn't conform anymore. It, it, there's uh, a way of uh, doing things in football. And Sky Sports have enabled clubs to become companies and, and, and to, 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 to monetise our game. And eventually, the bottom will fall out of it. And if more people feel, feel like you do, Ad, I think that we'd you know, be in a better pace. That said, I don't think I could ever leave Spurs. I, I think you're absolutely... Sorry, mate. I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, the thing that I have of it is the game has been more tribalised now by Sky. They, will, they, they have got a vested interest in you belonging to one club because mm. they can hammer that home week in, week out. Hammer it home. I look at it. I mean, obviously, I, I hate Arsenal. I, I, I want them to. I want them to fail. But would you ever want Arsenal to go out of business? Do you know what? I hate them so much. I would, but I get what you're saying. I think you be coming like yeah. there, there's an. There's like a, a football is like a. You need your enemy. You, you need your enemy. There is 92 league clubs. There is God knows how many more below that level, and they all fit together in this kind of little mesh. And they all, it's like a weird matrix thing going on. They, they all feed off each other. When you start seeing clubs going out of business, it affects. The whole, um, I, 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 you know, every time I like, heard about Portsmouth or when you had like Palace were in trouble, Coventry, South End, Coventry, every time you're a football fan, you go, mm-hmm. imagine that was my club, wouldn't yeah. like that. Yeah, no, and I just looked at it, I was like, okay, I can't afford to go to Spurs for many, many reasons. I've, I'm, I'm going to give that a miss. I'm going to go and support the local club, the one that's nearly did go bust, the one that has trouble every year, the one that counts every pound that comes through and appreciates every one. I just probably changed slightly now because I've now got a millionaire owner or billionaire owner mm. um, so I've, that's kind of changed my mindset slightly it's kind of weird or Orion have yeah yeah they've, they've, um, they've got t- so Barry Hearn sold it in the summer to an Italian businessman uh, called Francesco Becchetti sounds dodgy he does he, he's actually <laughs> in, he's in waste management as well it's all about Tony Soprano yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he runs the bins yeah he's in waste management and uh, renewable <laughs> energy uh, and he has some <laughs> something with Albania it's all, it's all very oh, uh, no. yeah I know it's all a bit dodgy but um, the, fact, the fact that uh, Orient have you know I, I joined Orient to get away from all of that money and all that rubbish and then they turn up. But the irony of it all is, even with all this money, 
uh, the manager still hasn't spent any money this summer. He's brought in players. He's never spent a transfer fee in his time at Orient. Your your uh, manager's um, Russell Slade. Yeah, what a legend! He's got a proper East End name for an East End club, and uh, didn't he get touted about for um, <coughs> who's it? Uh, Leeds as well. Uh, yeah, well, uh, Barnsley for a bit because um, he he. he he was a school teacher. He was a PE teacher. Um, so I, I'm trying to think of a uh, kind of equivalent in the Premier League or something like that. It's probably a little bit like Brendan Rodgers uh, in the fact that he didn't have a football career so yeah. much. Um, so he's kind of built out through the ranks. I think he was at Neil Warnock at Notts County years ago. Uh, and he's, he's a Brighton. He was at Plymouth. A bit of a journeyman as a manager. Arrived at Orient. Orient just about escaped relegation. In fact, he helped them. It was the last sort of five, six game of the season to replace Martin Ling. Um, and from then he's just gone but it's, he's gone up and up but there's been so many of the sort of the slayed out and all of this yeah, um, course, yeah. you, know, like you get it at every club when it starts to go a bit pear shaped so mm. you know Orient are no different in that respect to any other club particularly Spurs who are trigger happy with managers at the best of times true but he's been there for what was it five years it's, uh, yeah he was, he was there for maybe six or seven games the season before we came so he had five seasons he nearly did alright last season uh, playoff final yeah. lost on penalties that was devastating. The horrors, the horrors so, of it. That's, that's a, sorry, that's another thing. You know, uh, I'd never have been out of the uh, cup final that Spurs were at in two thousand and eight and two thousand and nine. I'd have had no chance of going to those. Mm. The fact is, I got to go to Wembley with Orient. All right, well, fair enough. Um, so you can get your well. Where, where's the best place to buy orientation? Amazon. Have a look on Amazon. Just orientation, uh, and it's uh, you'll find it on there. And on, honestly, I read. I mean, T, we read it, didn't we? Yeah. And yeah. It, we got. I got through it like. It was really easy to read, really well written. Um, it was a it was a good football book, and if you it doesn't matter if you don't even support Spurs, you can you know get, there are references to Tottenham in it, but you can just read it and it's you know I got through it in a few days and it was just fantastic. It was a really good book. Yeah, it's it a very it's very easy to read, but um, I mean the only parallel I've got. I mean I live in West London and my local club is Brentford, so I kind of thought could I could I do, could I see myself doing the same. It would, it would take an awful lot for me, to, for me to do the same, but I can understand why why you've done it. Well, and, we, that, and, it's, and it's admirable. When we've done the, the, the 1882 stuff at youth games, that, that, that we, did, we did one at, uh, um, at Orient. Yeah, uh, we played, Middlesbrough, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. yeah. And we, had, we just turned up there. It's a small stadium in comparison to White Hart Lane and the other Premier League clubs. But it was, it was something good about going through a turnstile. I know we had turnstiles at Spurs, but going into like this kind of oldish ground... I think you were in the West Stand as well, weren't you? We were, Which right was the newer, the newer one on the side by right, the dugouts. Right next to the yeah, yeah, right next to the uh, <laughs> the uh, apartments that were on yeah, the corner. On every corner, yeah, yeah. And because it was like fifty, oh, it was about hundred Spurs fans just started singing. It was not something you'd expect on a Wednesday night at a youth game. The women just kept peeking out. Just going, What's going on you, you, you get it every so often. You get the away fans singing, we can see you washing up. Oh yeah, there was loads of that. Yeah, <laughs> we were just, we, well, I think the main chant was strip. Trip, trip. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, Neanderthal. Okay, uh, we're going to break for Windy now. Yeah, Windy, back to draw the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I got your back. Hi, Windy here, back with a weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with the loanees, there's plenty of news as several players head out on season-long loan deals. Ryan Fredericks has joined Middlesbrough, Thomas Lavagamelt has joined Serie B side Bari, and Lewis Holtby has joined Hamburg, that one with a view to a permanent move. Tom Carroll played the full 90 minutes for Swansea in the Carling Cup, 
They beat Rotherham 1-0 in midweek. He was in an 84th minute sub in their 3-0 win against West Brom on Saturday. Grant Ward was back in Chicago Fire's starting eleven as they beat FC Dallas 1-0 in the MLS. He played over an hour. Alex Pritchard played the full game for Brentford in their 2-0 win at Rotherham. Centre-back Grant Hall played in both of Birmingham City's defeats this week. They lost 3-0 to Sunderland in midweek and 4-0 at Wigan on Saturday. Shaq Coulthurst was a 64th minute sub for Southend. They lost 2-0 to Plymouth Argyle in League 2. Kenny McAvoy was an unused sub for Peterborough. And finally, Jordan Archer made his debut for Northampton Town in midweek. He received praise from their manager despite a 3-0 defeat at Bournemouth, but found himself back on the bench the weekend. John O'Beaker has now left the club permanently, joining Swindon Town, while Solly Koulibaly has also left. He's gone to Bari, where he'll play alongside Thomas Largamelt. The under-21s weren't in action this week and won't be back in action until the 12th of September, although the under-18s did play. They drew 3-3 with West Ham on Saturday. We were 2-0 down quickly before Joe Pritchard and Luke Amos pulled us level. Josh Onomar put us ahead before West Ham equalised, and coach Kieran McKenna said after the game, I was happy with the response at 2-0 down, but disappointed with the goals we conceded. We had plenty of chances, probably 5 or 6 in the second half, and it's disappointing that we weren't able to take one of them to win the game. In rare under-16 news, the official site published that we'd won the South Korea Cup on Friday after defeating a Japanese side in the final. Tom McDermott won the Goalkeeper of the Tournament award, whilst defender Jaffet Tanganga took the Most Valuable Player award. We played a real mixture of teams, including sides from South Korea, Australia, Spain and Japan. That's it for this week, but if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter, at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Second half of the Flying Cup podcast. Thank you very much, Windy. Adam, it's customary for the guest to thank Windy for his efforts during the week. Thanks, Windy. Thanks very much, mate. Top work. (laughs) Uh, Well, Sandro, with transfer deadline day, as we record, not massive fans of it, taking the piss a little bit on Twitter today about it. I mean, one of the big issues with modern-day football is this bollocks about um, what what Sky have done and created this kind of carnival of bullshit. Uh, and, and Jim, the Jim White day, I saw was trending. It's like, oh, yeah. Jesus. how has this geezer risen to prominence in the same way? Like the gold tie, and he's walking along, putting the gold tie on, like some sort of Vince McMahon kind of. But people love it. Like, <laughs> rip off. People really love it. Yeah, I, I get it. I get. I get. What it's almost like a, um, you know, giving heroin to an addict. It's like, uh, it, it, it's like. It's the, only, the only thing I can compare it to is they've tried to create a kind of draft day that they have in NFL yeah. where there's this kind of yeah. whole, like I say, carnival um, around players transferring. And, and I, I, I mean, since the window came in, you can understand why it's happened. It's just very frustrating and, and it, it pisses me off given well, the fact there's so many problems in the game. I think the bigger issue is that we're Spurs fans. Um, a mate of mine at work is a Chelsea fan says, oh, I don't even know what the dead- deadline day thing's all about. We always sort our signings out early doors. But you've, you've got more money than us, so... You know, the skin, the, well, the clubs have less money. They're going to try and get a deal in the last minute, aren't they? It's the, a bit of self-parody, though, isn't it, now? That's why it's got so big. It, it started off as you know Jim White going absolutely mental yeah. for a good sort of three or four hours until the clock struck midnight. Mm. And everyone picked up on that. And went, oh, doesn't he go mental all the time? You know, he's, he's, his bed's going to burst live on TV. And then they obviously Sky picked up on that as the sort of media geniuses that they are. I went, oh, let's play on this. And now they just it's kind of like this weird uh, perpetual cycle now. It's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. 
I think the um, the Van der Vaart signing as well has made Spurs fans just on ten talks every single deadline day hoping for the same. That was incredible. That really was. When when we, when we landed him and we didn't know whether we had signed yeah. him, I, I get the drama of it. I do, and, and the excitement that it causes. That, that was like Christmas because you know when you were a kid because you went to sleep, you woke up, and there was a little present of Van der Vaart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just... <laughs> so we signed this. Uh, uh, what's his name? Montpellier bloke, um, Stambouli. Stambouli. Um, I've only seen YouTube videos, I don't know much else about him. <laughs> no one knows anything about him. I hadn't I, heard of him a week ago. I said on, on the pod, I, I quite like play, uh, signing players that we've never heard of because it's kind of like, you know, so you don't, who, it's like a box of chocolates, you don't know what one you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, a bit of mystique about the players. Yeah, so I, I mean, there's, there's been a couple of um, fans of Montpellier and French football in general tweet us today saying, read these articles, and he's actually a, a really good player, and we're, we're sad to see him go. Wish him well on his journey at Spurs. Take care of him, that kind of thing. So that is that's kind of when 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 you get a player and is held in high regard by other fans, you think maybe we've got someone who could be decent or at least plays with respect. You got to kind of compare over the years the amount the type of players that come out of the French league. You because at one end you've got people like Petr Cech, yeah, um, and then you've got people like um, you know what Camoli brought in for us. People like Ben Maestrocotti, who had a couple of decent seasons. You know, was he from Lons or somewhere? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and in Kabul, I think was he from there. Um, yeah. And you've got people like Kalu, I think, coming from the French leagues. It's a real mixed bag. So mm. I don't really know who's going to sit. But for what was it, six million? I think. Well, with the right scout- scouting network, then you you know you're going to buy decent players. Newcastle had a good good run on uh, you know Kabaye and. And Capella and the other players. Yeah. But I mean, what's been talked about ad nauseum is that Pochettino wanted Musaccio and Schneiderlin and he's come, ended up with Fazio and um, Stambouli. So will this, will this be history repeating itself with the manager not getting the players he wants? But yeah. then Fazio was, what, 24 million and Schneiderlin was about 20 odd million and we've got, uh, sorry, Masaccio, yeah, yeah. we've got Fazio and, and Stambouli for, for, for less than less. a fraction of one of those players. Yeah. Twelve, doesn't it? Total. Like when we say like a, a fraction for for one of these players, and it's kind of like then it links back to oh, Levy's a tight arse. He's always going to go for the cheaper option, but nobody has any idea what it takes to get some players. And if they've got a third party, yeah. what they've got to agree on. There is so much stuff that. That, that decides a transfer. It's not, it's not as easy as, I like you, come and play for me. Mm. Done deal. It's nothing like that at all. And it, it fucking drives me crazy. It's the champ man generation. Where, yeah, yeah, when, yeah, when people are saying, oh, you know, that they're not getting their targets because probably a lot of work has gone into trying to get them. But then again, you're not going to pay over the odds. If you're Chelsea uh, and you've got like a, a Russian billionaire or City... And you're quite happy to, to offset three million just to get the deal to go through, then fair enough. Like when I'm in the bell, I know a can costs one pound, but I'm in there and it costs me three pounds fifty, and I think fucking hell, man, 16. I'll pay it. But if I'm in there and the guy says, "Yeah, that's ten pound, please," I'll say, "Fuck off, mate." Yeah. There's no way I'm going to get my pants pulled down over that. I'm going off license. I'll get it for a quid. Yeah, fuck you. You go half half of that can's owned by someone else, so uh, you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go and speak to that geezer over there. Yeah. But it feels like it's only Spurs that it happens to that we keep missing out on these players, whether it's third party or just not having oh, Arsenal. Or they're not the shit loads of players. Do they? Yeah, of course they do. They've got a whole first eleven of teams they could players they could have bought. Really? Well, yeah. Arsenal. 
Wait, oh, wait. <laughs> Everybody no, misses like out on their us. targets. <laughs> it, feels, it feels like it's just us. But it's, I'm just saying, it's history repeating itself with the manager not getting the play that Hopefully, the two players who have come in will be better than I think. I think um, it was Dempsey and another player I've forgotten who was second choice last time round. Yeah. Which get me teased. Hopefully, the players this time are better than he was. Fatsy is a beast. He's says, replacing the beast now, by the looks of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and but, he punched that little rat Costa as well. Which uh, is, I, yeah. I love that. You'll get a huge round of applause from me for that one as yeah, well. Yeah, massively. Um, uh, I guess what with, with Fazio, is it Fazio? Yeah. yeah. Fazio, he, uh, you know, he's replacing Dawson essentially. Yeah. Similar sort of player, I'd imagine. Um, we knew Dawson's limitations, so we get this player in, and, and he's only got to be half decent to be as good as Dawson. Unfortunately, you saw Dawson at the weekend. <laughs> What happened? Dream start. What happened? I didn't see it. Dawson, the first goal, he uh, it was a mistimed pass. Oh shit! And let them in. And the second one, I think he was just way out of way out of where the defender was coming, where where he was going across, and it went to someone else. And he was just there was no way he was going to get the ball. He fucked up. So Villa scored the two goals that Liverpool extra would have scored. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Fighting Cock is sponsored by Calm. Uh, 12 men a day commit suicide. It's thought that it's because we don't talk about our problems. If you're feeling sad or low, talk to someone. It doesn't have to be someone you know. Calm have a helpline from 5pm to midnight, 0808 802 5858. They've also got a live chat online between 6 and 9 every night. Use them if you feel the need to. It's good to talk about your problems. Um, so we've got cup draws in the last week. They had big ones, uh, Nottingham Forest at home, which, given the fact that it comes free on the uh, season ticket, or free in inverted commas, um, it probably won't be an 1882, to be honest. There's no no blocks we can take. Forest will be taking at least half of the part lane with a 15%. So that's not going to happen. Uh, we're talking to the club about Belgrade and Besiktas. They are also likely to take their entire allocation not odd as they're Belgrade with. Apparently, they've got to pay extra for a visa to come here. Really? Yeah, it's quite expensive well, to come here. We're talking We're talking to the club and, and we'll see what will happen um, with that. I'd imagine... How do you pronounce this? To say Tripoli. Tripoli. <laughs> when Spooky's back, you'll... Esteras. You'll correct. Esteras. Whatever they're called. Um, that would be the one, I think, 1882, we can do. 35. Um... I think going forward, we're kind of trying to, to work out a way that if 35 isn't going to be viable, um, that there'll be other blocks because I think the the, the atmosphere against um, AEL? Limassol. Limassol. Um, it, it, was, it was okay. It was just that they just took the piss, basically, despite the fact that winning 3-0. It was very kind of quite... It's how you expect the Europa League to be. And I, I think with 1882 there, it makes a big difference. So it's important that we're at those games, especially you get very passionate European fans down and we need to kind of respond in some way. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But what do you reckon about the ties? Yeah, I was going to say, what do you think about the uh, Forest draw? When, when I first uh, see the draw, I was like, a quality man, like for, a Forest going to be down at the lane and I know they're going to bring a lot of support. Um, and like Forest, you know, uh, given their dues, they're, they're, they're a... You know, big size. You know, obviously not like the, the you know the, the so-called top four, but they're they're a big team and they'll bring a lot of fans down for it. And at first of all, I was like, yeah, it's going to be quality. It'd be a decent atmosphere at the lane, a proper, a proper cup draw. 
They're fucking flying in the championship. I'm a little bit scared, <laughs> man. That's top, it, yeah, yeah, top by a fair amount, and they've looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, they look solid. Which I is... can't believe Pearson's their manager. He's an awful manager as well. I think he's crap. He's it's it's as tough a draw as you could get, I think, yeah. from those outside of the uh, Premier League. I think a lot of people would have preferred to have had Nottingham Forest away for the away day, but didn't pan out that way. The last time we played more away, I think it was Mido that scored. Or we were, I think we won 3-0 up there. It must have been about at least 10 years ago. I remember one when I had the lane where it got called off during a snowstorm. Really? It was it got called off half-time. I think it was back in the days of Andy Sinton. The last time I cried at football was uh, against uh, Nottingham Forest in the quarter-final of the League Cup and we went out on penalties. <laughs> and, uh, Mark Crossley scored a, uh, saved the penalty and went running up with his arms aloft towards the Nottingham Forest fans. And, and the, just the tears started throwing. I don't know where it came from. It was 1993, I think. The last time you cried at football, when were the other times? Well, there was there was a time against Arsenal in the... Uh, the I was going to say, Spurs in the 90s, you probably did uh, cry quite a lot. That wasn't quite a lot, it was twice I cried. Right? Yeah, uh, well, I'm not like a baby. You just, sometimes the emotions, you know, I'm a passionate guy. <laughs> you were forgiven for crying for most of the 90s. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. an awful decade of football for Spurs. But, um, yeah, no, we, we played against Arsenal in the 93 semi-final. Yeah, the yeah FA Adam Cup. scored the winner. Oh, God, yeah. the winner and Joe, I remember hiding in the toilet. That one, yeah, I couldn't watch the rest of that game. Yeah, it was bad, it was really bad. But I haven't cried since. I, well, there was whole last season, I cried, cried then. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was from a singing headache, though. That, from, that, that weren't from emotion, and I was very emotional when we won that penalty <laughs> shootout. The good thing about this draw, apparently, after these games, after, of the um, six games, we've got five home games after, so hopefully, that'll put us in good stead for the league this season. Five home games after, yeah, I have six because. Fucking hell, so that's, that's good. Pretty good so. How's that work? Um, don't know. Just luck of the Play draw. Play home five times. Oh, happy days. All right. Luck of the draw. I mean, someone made a good point that um, Liverpool don't have Champions League yet, so, are, so the squad hasn't been stretched as yet, whereas they've had a, an early Europa League game. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on with the Champions League, the two right. games a week. Because last season they had one game a week and they flourished. They played so. 42 games last year. God, do you remember that season when we played 40 games and we finished fifth? Yeah. Fuck <laughs> me. It's easy. Okay, uh, all right, we've got a feature that's coming back from last season. It's called Wrong in 60 Seconds. The basic premise of it is that you have to talk for 60 seconds about a subject that you wouldn't normally want to talk about. I think last season we did why Sol Campbell should be regarded as a Tottenham legend. I'm not sure who who had to answer that. I don't know if it was Mark. I don't know if it was Lost Doctor. I don't know. If it, it, it wasn't Sol Campbell suggested that, was it? Yeah, yeah <laughs> probably sent it in. Um, so it's a horrible feature for us to do, but people like it, so we're bringing it back this year. <laughs> Tender. You have 60 motherfucking seconds to defend the indefensible. Tell him, D. What the fuck you gonna do? So Jimmy Riggle sent in, uh, sent in a, a question. Sent in. Sent in. Sent in, <laughs> in a question. Um, he asks... Convince me that Liverpool Football Club deserve to win the league because their fans are the greatest in the world. T, we've nominated you. We're not yeah. going to spin the bottle, just want to nominate you. That's why I've never done it before, but um, I mean, it's a very long time, but I'll try my best. Okay, ready? You said it to your missus. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. But what I do in that minute is I have hours to do. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. Ready? Yeah. 60 seconds. Okay, Liverpool Football Club have not won the league since 1990. 
a giant club at Liverpool. 18 times they've won the league. The last up was 1990. So I think their fans have suffered for long enough. They've suffered some very barren spells in that 24 years. And their fans are still there, singing their little hearts out. And um, also, I think if Liverpool were to win the league, it would give Tottenham Hotspur Football Club hope. Because if Liverpool can go from 7th, not be in Europe at all, to winning the league, it shows maybe we can do it. If we back our manager and get a good philosophy of football, maybe we can do it too. And um, I mean, even, even when we were beating <laughs> Liverpool time after time, their fans still turned up in their numbers and they still sang non-stop. And I think it would just be great for those long-suffering fans to win, to win a league title. Um, well, as I said, when I was, me and my brother's a Liverpool fan, I got a bit of a soft spot for them, to be honest. But yesterday really fucking hurt. But yeah, I think Liverpool fans do deserve to do deserve a bit of success for Brendan Rodgers. And now I feel sick. Okay. <laughs> you make me feel sick, T. <laughs> Fucking hate you, T. <laughs> okay, that's it. Good. Uh, that, that feature is fucking horrible. I don't like it. I never liked it. Whoever came up with the idea, it was a stupid idea. Yeah. Spooky. Um, was it spooky? Yeah. I guess it sounds windy. like him. Fuck Was it? Yeah. Arseholes, both of them. Fuck spooky. Coppers. <laughs> I bet spooky's doing little bat flips because I hope he's left, isn't he? He's like, kind windy? Of, Windy, sorry, yeah, the kind of guy who uh, he um, he thrives off of failure of people but he you, hates. Do you know what else? What everyone seems to forget, Defoe left this year, didn't he? Yeah. So it's been a good year for Windy. I know, Windy, he loves it. He's running out of scapegoats. <laughs> What's he going to do? I'm trying to think now. Kuli Barley's left as well. He's got no more, no one to ask him that question again. All I would say about your answer for gone, uh, gone in 60 seconds, uh, wrong in 60 seconds, is yeah. that some of it was it did kind of get Spurs-centric. You know what happened? I misread the question. Quite a lot. But so the, the their problem... fans did suffer, though. Oh, man. I ate them so much. The stick I got after they, they, they beat us this weekend was horrible. Do you know what? I, I, I've got a lot of friends on Facebook that support <laughs> Liverpool. And last season, like right, come right to the end, we're going to win the league, everyone's messaging me and all that. Lot. They won 3-0 against us. Yesterday. I had two people do a little message, and I was expecting, like, 15 people to fucking hang me out to dry. No one said, fuck all. That's worse. You wankers. That's worse. <laughs> fucking I, I, wankers. I live in Leytonstone, and while they were still in their little run for the league, uh, I, I saw, and this is in the heart of East London, where there's a fo- little football club, you know, just over the way, I saw five, six, seven Liverpool shirts, mm. or jackets, or training tops, or whatever. The, honestly, the day that Gerard fell over... Yeah. They vanished. Yeah. I did not see him again. Haven't seen him since. Week. I look forward to. Well, hopefully I won't look forward to. But I bet I'll see him in May or you know. Uh, if I do the same thing again, I think they'll struggle. But I just know what fuck Liverpool. Who gives a shit? Anyway, we've got some uh, good questions this week. Um, Jonathan Badowski asks: Would you rather have sex with Scarlett Johnson, Joe Johansson, sorry, in your in your mother's body or your mother in Scarlett Johansson's body? That's such a grim question, isn't it? But they do this. The people that listen to this podcast are sick in the head. Is there talking involved? That's a good point, because you wouldn't want to hear your mother's voice. If there's talking, then I would... If there's no talking, I'd go with the latter. So your mother's body in... Sorry, what? So it would be Scarlett Johansson's body, but it would be your mum's mind. It would have to be that. It would have to be that, because the only only way that you could... I mean, if it's your mum's... Your mum. Your mum's body, but Scarlett... But then she wouldn't know. It would be Scarlett Johansson's brain, so she wouldn't know. It would be like John Malkovich or something. Hang on, now, now, now you've lost me. 
Well, like if you're if you're if it's Scarlett, which, which which one is the one where I get to fuck Scarlett Johansson's body? <laughs> that's me. Because that's the one I want. That's I want to fuck her body, <laughs> regardless if my mum's voice is there or not. I want that body. That's what, all what, the same. That's what what about at the end of it when she goes, "Oh, you've made such a mess. <laughs> <laughs> you're grounded. <laughs> <laughs> you made a mess all over my face." Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so the, the the second one is your uh, your mum's uh, body, but Scarlett Johansson's mind. Your mum would never know what had happened. The first one was Scarlett Johansson's body, but your mum's mind, and she'd know everything. But you could probably convince her that you didn't mean it. It was Scarlett Johansson. But, but if it's Scarlett Johansson's body, my mum wouldn't feel it though. No, just be a mind. She'd, she'd just be just be aware of it. Yeah, just like shut, tell her to shut her mouth. <laughs> Family barbecues. <laughs> daughter's birthday she's looking at you across the table going Rick I know what you've done I know what you're into family barbecue oh roasting like we did last week <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a little bit like the question in the first season about would you stab your mum in the leg for a million pounds and that you, yes in that instance you would because you could convince her that you, you know I'm money rich now mum I can pay for you to get privately sorted your leg out. Top of the world, bar. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. And I'm sorry you stabbed you in the sorry leg. Sorry about the leg. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, it would It would have to be Scarlett Johansson's body. It'd have to be. Definitely, man. Just because she's so fucking fit. Yeah. Although, you, have you seen the film, the, um, what's it called, In Her Body? Or In, in Her Skin? No? Under the nah. skin? Or Under the skin, yeah, yeah. I've not so seen the I know about it. Basically drives around Glasgow in the transit van picking up men who aren't actors, so actually chatting them up. So there's this bloke, Celtic fan, walking along with a Celtic shirt on. Scarlett Johansson pulls over and goes, all right, fancy a bit. That's what the film is. Turns out she's an alien. <laughs> it's a mindfuck, don't get me wrong. And it's terrible. Under the skin? Under the skin, yeah. Okay. Like to get under her yeah, skin? She, she does get naked in it. Rain. Yeah, she also kills a toddler. Oh dear. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. All right, what'd you go for, T? Um, as Ricky said, if I get to smash Scarlett Johansson, that's what I want to do. That's a smash so, her. You can make love to her. No, I want to smash her. I don't want to make love to that. Fair enough. Okay, uh, T, read the next one out, mate. Okay, would you pull a bird on the Saturday night out and massively risk missing the Sunday Spurs match? Or tell us to do one and not risk missing the match? But this girl would tell us to be the last person you ever had sex with. <laughs> Fuck no, I didn't read the question before I put it on. Uh, so basically, you can watch Spurs forever, but never have sex again, or you have sex with her, but miss the game. Yeah. Well, 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 I've read this question, and it says the yeah. word risk. You always take the risk for sex. Take the risk. <laughs> you could be plus. late. Yeah, yeah, you could just take the risk. In, out, bang, gone. That's how, what, is that how, what happened with... When your daughters were conceived, it was it, it was more of an out. I didn't really get in to begin with, so I don't, know if we, I don't know if we could do in out. How did she conceive if you didn't get in? Because uh, fingering, <laughs> semen <laughs> fingers, <laughs> semen and fingers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah shoving yeah, it, yeah. firing the beans up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> talk, uh, what we didn't say, Adam, is you've got an Orient podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever have any sort of questions come up? It's never come up. No. <laughs> I'm going to send them some questions. <laughs> yeah, send a few in, mate. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thought of never having sex again for missing one game at Spurs, I can kind of deal with that. 
Um, and that's only a risk, as you say. Yeah. So the, the error is in his question. Exactly. So particularly if it was Sunday's game as well. You'd be well happy about missing that one. Yeah, I had no issue with missing that at all. D? Are we in the next one or...? No, no. Well, you, you, did you answer? I think I copied your answer. All right, fine. Uh, yeah, all right, read the next one. Dan Jones from Facebook. <laughs> Actually, the last one I'm sending from John, uh, Joshua Owens Tomlinson. Thank you for that, mate. Okay, the final question is... Would you be prepared to be very intimate with the person sitting to your right at the time of recording in exchange for Spurs winning some silverware this year? Yes! I've I've stood there for a reason, so... I'll say it could get very messy on this pod because everyone's going to say yes. Yeah, (laughs) definitely, definitely. The first pod we talked about spit roasting the guest. (laughs) I'm not sure if you're up for that. Well, I've only had two cans, so... uh, I've got some whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, Yeah, no, of course. I mean, it's not... I mean, it's not gay... If you both enjoy it, that is gay. But just don't push back. There's no problem. Yeah, that's true. Just sort of brace yourself. Yeah. Rick, you have no issue? Nah, no issue at all, man. What, for, for us winning silverware? What, like a League Cup? Yeah, I'll take League Cup. Yeah. Day out of Wembley. I'll do it for the Peace Cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Peace Cup. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> okay, that's it from the Fighting Cop podcast. Um... Thank you very much, Adam, for coming down. My pleasure. Thanks for letting me... Uh, round of fi- 50 round of round applause. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> no, you did good. Um, uh, you're more than welcome to come back on. That'd be my pleasure. It wasn't too far from... Uh, was it Leighton, you live? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, Leighton, Leightonstone. Yeah, it's not too far at all. It's just around the corner, really. Did you move there before going to Orient? Uh, no, I didn't, but uh, I did was... Did you move there to get close to Orient? I, yeah, kind of. I somehow managed to persuade my wife to buy a house in Leighton. Yeah. This um, is a book well in the book. Yeah, yeah uh, it will go down forever as one of my best achievements. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so you can buy the book, Orientation, from Amazon. Um, just get it. It's a really good read. Obviously. It is, really. Um, what's the Twitter handle? It's at Flicks and Tricks. Uh, I'd like to say that that's the way I play football, but yeah. Well, yeah. well, yeah, it is because none of you, none of you have ever seen me play football, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I'll go with it. Probably never will. What's, <laughs> what's the name of your podcast, by the way? Oh, the podcast Orient Ramble. It's on iTunes and all the usual. Yeah, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Buzzsprout. Um, we do it every other Thursday. Um, we, that's the, the thing with a very small club is you don't get a lot of uh, a lot of news going on, so yeah. we, we kind of restricted it to. Once fortnightly, rather than doing it every week. We're kind of refreshing, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you kind of build up things to talk about. um, You know, whereas and you know, I think with with this podcast, you've got so much to talk about because Spurs is a much, much, much bigger club, and there's all sorts going on. Um, And then you've got much more coverage. Whereas with Orient, you've got uh, the football league show. You might get about what twenty seconds on that on a Saturday night. Uh, You may get like about half an inch of um, coverage in the Evening Standard, but that's about it. So. Um, no, it's, it's, it's been it's been good fun doing that. Good, uh, Rick. Thank you very much for coming in. That's all right, no problem. Couldn't come to my birthday because you came on here, wasn't it? That's that's actually uh, that's true. What is going on as well on Twitter? Like the fucking loving for Ricky is ridiculous. Yeah. He's, he's, he's fucking smashed me on the followers on Twitter as well. Really? Yeah, he's like about 100 more than me now. I don't know, I haven't looked, mate. Yet. I'm the fucking host of this fucking thing. <laughs> I'll shut it down. If this, don't, if this continues, I'll shut this down. <laughs> Taking my ball home. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I was like, oh, fuck, he's beating me. And he just keeps going up. Because <laughs> he made some stupid little joke last week everyone laughed at. No, it's, it's good, Rick. I but, don't even know what it was. Don't just being myself, mate. Just being myself. <laughs> banter! <laughs> yeah, banter. <laughs> All right, that's it. Oh, no, hang on. First, um, there's the, the still fanzines left. Uh, buy it. Uh, it's the fightingcock.co.uk forward slash 
Shop. Shop. Uh, I bought your fanzines along this week. You did. You happy? I'm very thankful. It looks beautiful, by the way. A little bit late, but... Uh, it's only about three months. Late. Yeah, that's uh, fine. Uh, you can download two free apps, one on iOS and one on Android. Um, buy T-shirts from the shop. Leave reviews on iTunes yeah. as well, yeah? Yeah, shitloads of reviews been left. Oh, leave, I want more. Leave more. More. Much more. All right, that's it. Fighting Cop Podcast, done. Bye. Again. Like a flower. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.